You're listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. Today's episode is a special episode from our Linton Facebook Live series entitled Closing the Distance. These are unscripted conversations with the pastors of RPC and various special guests reflecting on topics from our ongoing sermon series. If you're interested in learning more about this community of faith, visit roswellprez.org. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Scott. It's Monday, so we're doing uh, Closing the Distance. It's good, man. It's good to see you. I hope you're doing well. Yeah, I'm doing great. And you uh, you preached a really great sermon yesterday. I liked it a lot. Thank you. <laughs> there was one thing that I didn't quite understand, and you and I talked about it earlier. And you used humor. And I thought that what you said wasn't funny, but everybody laughed so hard. But you explained it today to me, and I really appreciate that. You were using something on the screen, and when you put it on the screen, it was funny. So you're always, you use humor really well, but I was a little worried about yesterday, but it was just, I was just not in the right place to appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, but, it but I'm little... actually, I, I love the way you use, you use humor, uh, really do. I think it's so important to, you know, to be able to laugh and to laugh at ourselves and, uh, and and you're so willing to laugh at yourself and and it's just it draws us in as a listener to um more readily be able to receive your overall message do you well, think much about that jeff do you think much about how humor fits into a good sermon yeah i do i i, I think you know everybody has kind of different gifts and i think it just kind of comes easily to me because my brain kind of and i my in my life i've given myself a lot of opportunities to laugh at myself, which, uh, you know, a lot of people save themselves <laughs> from that. But, um, and I think, uh, I, I, tr I, what I want to do is I want it to be warm, um, and welcoming, but not silly. And I think I, so early on in my life, somebody said, you know, Jeff, a sense of human, a sense, a good sense of humor can be a great gift, but it also can be a great, uh, weapon or harm. And, and I was like, what does that mean? They said, well, you can use humor to bring people close, to get them to know you, you get on their level, um, you show you inhabit the same world, you're not perfect, all this, but you can also use humor as kind of a stiff arm to keep people away. You can make fun of other people, you can um, be mean spirited. And so I try to, uh, the, the former, you know, uh, to use it in a way that hopefully uh, is inviting and um, personal. Yeah, well, I think it's uh, it, it's one of those gifts that you have is to be able to uh, use humor in that way. I have you preached in East Africa yet? I, I I preached in Kenya once or twice. Well, in in, in one downtown uh, church in Nairobi, which is a has a very formal. Uh, it has an informal service and then a formal service, and it's based on Scottish Presbyterianism, it's really formal. Uh -huh. And I tried some self-deprecating humor and that does not work in that culture. It's like a pastor, you gotta be setting the standard baby. And uh, <laughs> and I thought that might happen and nobody laughed at my at my humor. And so I just backed it off. But That's anyway. I've often thought that, and I've done, I found this to be true in like Latin America that Humor is really tough when you have a translate. Do you speak? Were you preaching in English and it was being translated? 
That's a good point. And I think sometimes you, things get lost in translation. So I've had that happen to me where it's been like, okay, this is not working. We're just going to have to go, you know, we're just going to be kind of serious. And, uh, and just, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, the, the world's so serious right now. And, uh, and I think sometimes when people think of church, if they're not involved in churches, um, they think it's maybe not a very uh, a place where you would go and you would, you would laugh. And I, you know, people laugh a lot here in in not silly ways, but but laugh within our staff. They laugh. I think they take we take our cues from you, but the congregation laughs a lot too. And it's you know, Proverbs says that's you know that's a healing medicine uh, to be able to laugh. And uh, I think it's one of the you know it's it's really a significant gift that. I don't think we probably think about it. We just experience it. But I've mentioned it a number of times when I've been talking about the the pleasure it is to be on the staff here for for this season, because uh, it's just been so good for my soul to laugh. So uh, I really loved your sermon, uh, "Come Before Winter." Had you preached that sermon before here? Yeah, I preached it. I think two or three times before. So, and well, I had gotten it. Somebody gave me, as I mentioned yesterday, somebody gave me a tape of their favorite sermons and I came across it. I was like, oh, this is really, and that person had preached it a number of times in a row. And I heard different versions of it, kind of how he shifted it. And then I was like, I wonder, and I went to go find it, uh, the original that Dr. McCartney preached at First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh. And I ended up discovering that all these preachers had preached a versions of it over the years, which is kind of funny. And um, so it's just kind of fun to kind of give my own spin on an old classic. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think that I may be wrong about this, but I think that Frank Harrington at Peachtree used to preach this sermon every year. Right. Yep. I think he did. Yep. And I think. Yeah. So I thought I I was really anticipating your message and I I really liked it a lot. And it's uh, it was so timely and you know, it's it's ironic in a way, but also providential in a way that it was really cold yesterday, like one of the really, really cold days. So I was going into church like, this is a good day to preach this message. Uh, of course, in other parts of the country where you're from and where I'm originally from, it's been cold for a long time. So yeah. uh, this is the right time of year to preach that. Exactly. We could kind of fit it in. And I think in the Harrington version that I've heard, he's just so Southern that it's just, and he would, I, I, I couldn't see visually. I only heard the audio, but he was very dramatic in his presentation style, which he just it was really kind of um, remarkable. So I mean, it probably wasn't as dramatic, but uh, uh, and definitely not as southern as he was. Yeah. Well, what were you? Uh, you know, that sermon's been on the calendar for a long time, and so you've been anticipating the sermon for a while, and. Uh, I mean, probably, I think it's been on the calendar for months. And so have you been, have you been thinking about it, praying about it uh, all this time? And, you know, like in the back of your mind, you know, this sermon's coming. And is it, uh, is it, did, did you change it? Did you, because you've preached this text before and the theme before, how did you approach it this year? And how was it different for you? And how did it grab you in a fresh way this year? Yeah. Um, so number one, I just, the text is so kind of 
um, obscure. You know, most people don't read Second Timothy four uh, very often, and uh, that line of "Come before winter" that he says to Timothy is so poignant. But it's just three words. I mean, you would be very easy if you were just trying to read the Bible in a year, whatever, read through the New Testament. You could just skip over it, not even think about it. So that insight to like think about what does it mean to ask some a friend to come before winter to visit before it's going to be too late. And when you get into that, I think for me, I'm like anybody else. Like I like to procrastinate. Why, you know, I don't want to do uh, this, the stuff I don't want to do, I don't want to do today. And I don't really want to do it tomorrow. And, and I'll just put it off. Hopefully somebody else will do it. Uh, it'll fall off my to-do list or whatever. But there, in the back of my mind, I know there's a lot of things that I'm going to regret if I don't do it now. And I've got to act now. And so that was, you know, I think I talked a little bit about my relationship with my dad and my family. And that was, I knew I wanted to kind of conclude with that so that people could hear that this is how this text made a call. And I think God made a call on my own life to decide what are you going to prioritize right now? Are you going to go see him? It's inconvenient and all this, but um, are, you need to do it because, you, know, you know, next year, you know, next winter might be too late. And so, um, and so that was just, that's where I got, it got me. And then, um, and then I think the rest of the sermon pretty much, I, I, I think I changed little bits and parts of it, but um, pretty much the same general uh, point. Yeah. Well, I think even, I mean, if it were the exact same sermon every year, <clears throat> basically it would still be, <clears throat> excuse me, Jeff, still be timely and yeah. still be uh, wonderfully wonderful. And I think I told you staff today that I had I had gotten a little bit behind in some of the the visits that I need to make, and I uh, and so yesterday afternoon after services I just decided like uh, I got to do it before winter, man. I got to do it now. I want to do it. I, I want to do it. And because it was a Sunday, it was mostly I was visiting people that are pretty far from the church, and I was able to do it all on a Sunday afternoon. So. I have a personal sense of gratitude for getting that's me awesome. out there to do what I should be doing. That, that's awesome. And I got a, several emails from folks. They said, you know, I've been waiting to send this email or I've been waiting to, to call this person. And that was kind of pushed me over the edge to do it. And so I, I was really encouraged by that. And, um, and I think it's something we all wrestle with as human beings, you know, of taking advantage of, uh, of the moment and doing what, what God is calling us to do. Yeah, I, absolutely. I'm not surprised at all that you, you know, you're getting that kind of feedback. And the story itself is so poignant. And, you know, the relationship between Paul and Timothy is so strong. And, uh, and you know, communication is not easy. So out of sight, out of mind often happens to people. And so the, the way they were getting information is, you know, they would send an emissary to go visit Paul in prison and he'd bring the message back. And, you know, so it's not easy communication. And yeah. so when, you know, when Timothy gets that, and Timothy's busy, you know, he's pastoring now and he's been empowered to pastor. And, right. you know, there are some things that we just can't get to as pastors. You, you, you know, we, we want to do certain things that we can't get to it. And, it kind of weighs on us. And so we, it, it would be very understandable. Timothy would have a good excuse if he didn't go. And I'm with you in terms of how you, what I believe you think that Timothy did, which was he dropped everything and went. And, and you know, that 
uh, I think about that quite a bit in my own life of, of how important it is to, you know, we have to have a sense of priority, but there are certain people, there are certain um, commitments that we have that kind of trump other ones. And, and so we have to weigh it out. And we may, and like with your trip to go home, you, I mean, it's not convenient, but it, it's not hard either at this time because you just know what's right. And, and yeah. I know you loved traveling with small children. I, I, you know, I know you enjoy that, but yeah, I've, never done it. I've never, I've never taken a plane flight with either of my children. Uh, my, now Courtney flew with our oldest when he, he was a baby, but other than that, yeah, this is going to be a new experience. So the good thing is I'm like, well, hopefully I can get some new uh, sermon content out of this trip. So <laughs> yeah, definitely. So the last time I flew to, uh, I flew to Africa and went through Amsterdam and got on the plane in Atlanta, and it was uh, late afternoon, so it was going to be a long night, and and so I'm in a middle seat, and and so there's a family with children in front of me. They're starting to get fussy even before we take off, and then to my right, in that you know those big planes, you got the center, and then yep. and so the uh, one seat up, there were two children, and they were starting to get a little bit noisy, and I thought. Okay, I got to pray about this. You know, I got to get centered. I, I, you know, I've I've traveled with young kids. I know what this is like. And it turned out that the people one one row up over in the next section, where Shelva uh, said Nancy, uh, our, our good friends who are missionaries in in Africa. Yeah, yeah, and and so we were able to catch up. And it was like I'm so glad I didn't have this bad <laughs> spirit of keep your children quiet. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> um, I hope you have people around you that are very, are very thoughtful. It's like to travel with children. So, yeah. uh, and it seems like usually, often when you preach, that uh, preaching is it, it's it's so much more difficult, I think, than than people can imagine. And when when you're good at it, like you are. It, it looks somewhat effortless, and I know it's not, uh, but when you're preaching a sermon like you preached yesterday, it, it struck me that you, in, in some ways it was, it was, maybe I'm just projecting this, imagining this, but because you had such a personal, visceral connection with this text and what it was speaking to you right at this point in your life, that it, it, it almost was more effortless because, you know, you had it, it was in your gut and mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And uh, can you say something about that? When, because, you know, you preach so often and sometimes it's like really in your gut because of your, your visceral connection to the text. Does that make sense? And yeah, sometimes yeah. we may not have that, that connection and yet we still, uh, we're still going to preach it in a way that we hope connects with, with the congregation, the text engages them. Can you say something about that? Sure. Well, this, thank you, Scott. It was really nice of you to say. Um, I think, you know, so we, I try, now was, this was different during like the shutdown and some of the pandemic, but I try to be about a year out um, with the sermon series plan. So at least I have a hunch of what's coming down the road. And so I'm, I'm thinking a lot about these different themes uh, through my life, through what I read, whatever good notes but i think the come before winter sermon really helps because it you know come before winter it's like three words and as once somebody knows the story behind it 
and where those words come from, then that refrain is almost like a, a mantra. It's a call of come before winter, come before winter. And every time you hear it, you go, oh, oh, what's my winter? What's, what, where do I need to go? And I think that that, um, that refrain really helps kind of center the sermon. So I think everybody, when everybody leaves, everybody goes, I know what was it about, and I know it's relevant to my life because there are those things that I need to do that I, maybe I'm avoiding or I can't put off. And so I think it's easy to really get into, and it's really practical. Um, you know, we're not often, the, you know, talking about, you know, how many angels can dance on the head of a pin, but it's really earthy and we all can, there's an easy way we can all respond to it. And I think, and as the text claims me, I think it's a, it's a place for me that I need to respond as well. Yeah, thanks for that. And uh, I guess the congregation knows that you, you write your sermons, you try to write them on earlier in the week, and then you actually preach them on Thursday mornings to some of the staff. And yep. the, could you say a word about how that works? Have you talked about that a fair amount before? Some, I mean, I mentioned it here, there, and I think um, we call it the preaching team. It's usually some of the administrative staff, some other folks. Um, and, and when I do it, it's like, you know, on a Thursday at 11, and I don't preach it like I would preach on a Sunday morning, but it's more of like I talk the sermon through because I don't want any... I don't want my personality or a humor or the visuals or anything extraneous to the message for them to, other than the content. So they're just hearing, if I tell a story, it's pretty flat. If I uh, do a quote, it's pretty straightforward. Um, I'm walking through it. And then at the end, I ask for their feedback. I ask them, was that clear? What was confusing? What, was, what didn't make sense? What was left hanging? Because a lot of times I'll notice that um, I'll preach a sermon and somebody will come up to me afterwards and they'll say, you never finished. You never told us what happened or you never you left this kind of idea dangling out there. And I was wondering what the implication was. And the preaching team is really good about helping me go, OK, Jeff, you got to tie up the loose ends here. You got to do that extra work. So we make sure we know what the text is saying, what you're saying. And then sometimes they'll be like. That doesn't make any sense to me, Jeff like help, help, help us out. You know, I need an anecdote or give us an example or an analogy uh, that's really helpful. And then oftentimes, um, you know, I think this is maybe two weeks ago, they, they, the preaching team tried to be really nice, but I could tell that they were, they were confused and it didn't really land how I wanted to, I, I always want to land strong, uh, land the plane on the tarmac, you know, and, uh, and have a smooth landing. And um, I could tell it wasn't smooth. And they were trying to be really nice and all this. So I had to go back to the drawing board. And actually, it's one of the few times I had to get Courtney, my wife, I was like, I need some help with this. And so she helped me kind of think through how to finish the conclusion of the sermon. And it was much, much better. But you know, uh, one of the staff, uh, she writes, she comes in there for the preaching team. And then she writes the study guide discussion questions for some of the Sunday schools on Sunday morning. And I had changed like the last third of the sermon. And she's like, Jeff, you got to tell me when you do that. Because a third of my questions had no relevance to what was in the sermon. So that was kind of my bad. I had to, I had to own up to that. But um, they're really, really helpful. And, and oftentimes they'll say, oh, that reminds me of this. And I'll go, I hadn't thought about that. So I'll put it in. Uh, maybe it's a, you know, a song or a story 
uh, or a movie or something like that, that I hadn't thought of that really helps uh, make it better. Well, I love that. And, you know, this is, uh, this isn't really closing the distance, but I'm gonna throw it out here anyway. So, um, you you know, it's such a, it's a privilege for me to be here on an interim basis for these uh, 12 months or however long it is, excuse me. And I've been retired for three years. And so, uh, and so I haven't been in a church staff environment. And, uh, and so coming back into it, it, it is, uh, when people ask me about it, it, it is so, you know, it, it's so life-giving. You, the environment you have here is so life-giving. And, uh, and, and people who are part of this congregation and have been for a long time may be, they may be conscious of, of, uh, of so much of what is really spiritually healthy, emotionally healthy, uh, and, and, Sometimes churches are not as emotionally healthy or mentally healthy uh, as as we always should be, really, by our calling. That's who we are. We're people of joy. We're people of prayer. We're people of love and laughter and all of that. Uh, What we work with, the text, it's all of a serious nature, right? It's about God and God's love and how we interpret these these ancient texts. But to be able to do it in a way that is participatory with, with you having the the humility to ask others to give feedback. This is pretty unusual. It, it's, it's very unusual. And so people who are listening, I just, I want them to know that the way you do what you're doing is not common. It, it's not common uh, in your preparation, your discipline and your, your openness to the spirit, but your openness to the people around you is, I just want to say, it's just, it's really praiseworthy. And it's, uh, uh, you know, I kind of wish that 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 uh, when I was a young pastor, that you had been my senior pastor, because <laughs> I would have learned so much, and I, I would be so much of a better pastor <laughs> than I was just watching you. And so, uh, I I just wanted to say that because well, I think you know that, that you know it's it, it, it's a really special place here, and and. And I just wanted to affirm you, and I want people to know that that I'm, well, you. Uh, you know, I just feel like so privileged to to be under you. I, we worked well, together for ten years, and technically I was your boss, but I was even learning a lot from you then. So, uh, and, and well, you're very sweet. They're very kind, Scott. We we were so grateful to have you. And you know, people would be like, "Oh, I'm just," <laughs> somebody, some people would be like, "Jeff, I just can't believe." That. Uh, thanks for bringing Scott here. I heard you're responsible for him coming here. I was like, well, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I looked like a genius. <laughs> but you know, having somebody who is an extrovert who wants to love people, to be, you know, to care for them, especially you know their time of need and when they need a pastor, is I could think of nobody else uh, who would be a better fit on our staff uh, for this season. So I'm so glad you're here, and um, you bring so much joy and uh, and energy. And somebody was like. Jeff, that 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 Weimer guy, he's he's really gifted in the pulpit. And I was like, well, you really you understand he's been doing this for a long time. <laughs> well, yeah. I, and I'm always surprised by that because I haven't preached at all. So I mean, uh at any rate, thank you for those kind words, uh, Jeff. And uh could I offer a prayer for us as we conclude? Yeah, that'd be great, Scott. And before you do though, I do want to let folks know you mentioned not not having preached yet. 
you will be bringing the word tomorrow night on Tuesday, November 15th at 7 p.m. in the sanctuary for our healing and wholeness service. It's going to be a very special service. Um, if people cannot attend in person, we are going to live stream it. Um, and uh, everybody's anonymity will be protected except you, yours and the staff. But um, but I think it's a special, it's going to be a special time, hopefully, for uh, people to experience God's presence in a special way. So I really appreciate you uh, stepping up to lead that. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to do it and looking forward to it. And so uh, thank you for mentioning it. We'll pray about it too. Loving God, we give you thanks for this time together with, with Jeff and just thank you that he's our pastor and that you've given him so many gifts to lead us and to proclaim the coming kingdom of heaven among us. And we pray your blessing upon him and Courtney as they travel to visit Jeff's family uh, over the next days and give them safe travel with her children and and may it be a truly meaningful time with his family uh, and, and a real special time. So we ask for that. We, we pray about the services that are upcoming, and we just pray that you would be, as you always are, when we call upon you, you are right in our midst. And may we, may we meet you in these places of worship. And may you be close to our members of the congregation, and especially to those who are going through a hard time right now. May they find their source of strength and comfort and inspiration in you and in your love, your, your unfathomable love that you have for each one of us in Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Scott. This is great. All right. I'll see you soon. Loved it. Thanks, man.